Wednesday, Vayetzei, Shir 88. We are discussing understanding Klal Yisrael. Pesel Micha. The story with Micha. That seemed to be an Avedi How do we understand it? So he explains that Micha, when he made it, his purpose was for Avedi Hashem. And when he created it, Micha said, now I know that the Rebbe is good for me. And he used the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So we understand that his intention was to worship Hashem. It was a mistake there. But that was his intention. By the Muhamma between Binyamin and the rest of Kalah Yisrael, 40,000 people from Kalah Yisrael were killed and 25,000 from Binyamin were killed. That seems to be a raya that Kalah Yisrael was not on a high madrega. So he explains why did 40,000 people, or actually 400,000, the Pasuk says, left their families to go to battle? What was the point? He said, even in the Gaia, that love war and killing, they don't, you don't have 400,000 people running to go fight. The reason why they all came was because they heard the story of Pilagish Begiva, they heard that in injustice took place and therefore they didn't, they didn't disregard, disregard their responsibility to make sure Eretz Yisrael is the Seder they all came together 400,000 people to fight so really it was a tremendous demonstration of Tzitkus the fact that so many people came to fight a battle that was just to settle something that was incorrect and he explains that the Pasuk in Hoshea said Hoshea was giving Musa to his generation and he said you call yourself Didaveris and you're worse than the peoples in the times of Giva if you would have lived then there would have been no war against men that do Averis meaning in his generation Hoshea was very upset at Klai Yisrael for not stepping up. So you see that the fact that Kla Yisrael stepped up by Pilagish Begiva was a demonstration of Avas Hashem. That's why Sefer Shoftim is called Sefer Hayasher. And really was considered a tragedy for Kla Yisrael when the era of Sefer Shoftim finished. Like we'll see. But... So it was considered a very, very hush of a time in Kla Yisrael. However, there was still, Chazal still criticized this era because, in certain ways, because if there's no king and there's no force, everything depends on the person. Therefore, the good were very good because no one could corrupt them, and the bad had no one to give them usr. So that's why the Chazal found Chesroinus with certain individuals that lived then because there was no one giving them Musr. But the general situation was Yashras and Sidkis, the Klaisro. What about, so now he moves to David. 
how do you understand the for such a Talmud Chacham like David Amelach, how is it Shaykh that he would do, fall into such an Asayan like Bathsheba? How did such a thing take place? He said, the kingdom of David Amelach were absolute, meaning no one, no one could say something against the king. David Amelach's Malchus ruled with his children for 400 years after David Amelach was Nifter. The Sefer Malachim was written under the rule of David Amelach. And still, the Sefer writes the story without in any way attempting to sugarcoat what happened. If you think about it, in today's generation, if you have a king that did something wrong, they would want to whitewash it. And apparently, if they didn't whitewash it, that's a demonstration of the MS in Claudio. And another thing is the fact that we discuss that David came from Rus, which would be considered a terrible chasarin on David's part, because Claudio doesn't marry into Mayav. Now, so that's one thing we have to understand with the story of Bathsheba. Another aspect that you see in the story of Bathsheba is what usually stops people from doing Averis? Yerushamayim or fear of people? Chazal say fear of people. Right? A person doesn't Averis, he wants to make sure that nobody sees him, he's embarrassed. Real Yerushamayim is not so common. And fear of people is very common. But the ancient kings weren't afraid of anybody. So if David and Malach only had one Avera, and he did tshuva on that Avera, so then obviously you would consider him a big Baal Yeruz Shemayim. Now for us, it looks like a terrible Avera, Shkayach But it's, you know, we're afraid of people, we're embarrassed of people. David and Malach wasn't embarrassed of anybody. So even though technically it might have been an Avera, because I'll say it wasn't, but even if you want to say it was, compared to, you know, to think about a king that only had one Avera, Obviously, David was perfect, besides for this one instance. So apparently, David was a tremendous tzaddik. And the Pasuk describes David, that he followed the Rabbani Shalalam completely, besides for the story of Uriah HaChiti, the story of Bathsheba. But then he's going to explain why there was no Avera involved at all. But even if it was an Avera, that's in fact that David Melech, this was his only Avera being a king, being one of the most powerful, or one of the most powerful kings. Maybe Shlaima was a little bit more powerful. We discussed in the Nachshir. Shlaima maybe was considered more powerful. But David Melech was a very powerful king, and still, the only Avera that they pinned on him is the Avera of Bathsheba. Zaktabuk de Miller, it's a demonstration of the absolute greatness of David Melech. And then we're going to see that even the Avera itself wasn't a real Avera. But right now he's just discussing that if you look at David Melech as a whole, even if it was an Avera, uh, David Melech would still be considered a tremendous Yerushimayim.